The following is a conversation with Joe Byrne, Director of Business Development and Strategy at SciPlay, one of the world's biggest and most successful social casino game companies. The conversation was facilitated in partnership with AppAnnie, who is currently rolling out an update to their gaming taxonomy. But I wanted to find out how the most sophisticated game companies use market intelligence data to inform their product strategy. How given new changes because of things like IDFA deprecation, for example, would create new requirements for the kinds of insights from the data that we look for, and ending the conversation with strategic insights on how the social casino genre is evolving and new trends for that genre. Just to be clear, this is not a paid content sponsorship, but I would like to express much appreciation to Appiani for introducing and facilitating this conversation. This is the Game Makers Podcast, and here's my conversation with Joe Byrne from SciPlay. Hello, everyone. We're here today with Joe Byrne, Director of Business Development and Strategy at SciPlay. Very excited to be talking with you, Joe. And we are here today to talk about the social casino genre, how it's evolving, and how app any data can be used to inform strategy and decision making. But before we jump into uh, some additional questions, Joe, I thought we could start by having you talk a little bit about yourself and your role at SciPlay. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Um, as you mentioned, um, I'm the Director of Business Development and Strategy here at SciPlay. Uh, that takes um, a number of different um, uh, initiatives, but um, generally speaking, um, kind of any corporate strategy um, uh, projects that we might uh, undertake um, comes through me in, in some form. I also um, handle all of our uh, partner relations, so um, with folks uh, like AppAnnie, but also like our um, platform um, like uh, Google and Apple. And a lot of my role um, hinges on uh, M&A evaluation and leading that process as well. Right. And so I thought as a first question, we could talk about maybe your use of AppAnnie data in Social Casino. Could you talk about maybe some of the key applications or how you're using the data today? Yeah, for sure. Um, from, from my perspective, uh, personally, as I said, you know, a lot of my role is, um, is in the M&A uh, space and, and evaluating different opportunities. And so um, the, the kind of taxonomy and game IQ that AppAnnie provides um, has made it super simple for, uh, for me and some of my colleagues to go in quickly and say, okay, um, what is um, the uh, size of, let's say, the, the card genre, for example, or the board genre or solitaire, things like that? Um, and what are the top players in that market? And, you know, how concentrated um, the, the revenues are and the downloads are, is it dominated by a few uh, top players? Is it very fragmented? All those sort of things, um, you know, we can kind of get a, a, a very quick uh, view of through the game IQ, uh, IQ and taxonomy reports. Um, our teams use it um, looking more internally. So our game teams and our product teams in particular are looking more at, um, you know, how their uh, title is performing against um, some other competitors. Um, looking at the annotations on the graph and saying, okay, this competitor did a, a release on, on this date. Um, look what happened to their revenue or their downloads. You know, what are they doing? Kind of that competitive intelligence uh, type aspect. And then, of course, um, you know, we have a lot of our UA folks that are looking more in 
um, in ASO and keywords and creatives and things like that. So, um, you know, we have a number of, of different use cases um, throughout our, our organization, kind of depending on what discipline you sit in. Right. I kind of agree with you in terms of like when we look at some of the changes that App Annie has been making at the genre and subgenre level, like that additional layer of granularity for me makes it a lot more useful because you're getting much more specific competitive sets. Yeah, no question. And yeah, and I thought the other thing we could talk about was one of the things that App Annie has been trying to do, and one of the reasons why they talked to me was to try and determine how to make the App Annie data more actionable. And so just kind of as a hypothesis that I have when, when I think about the social casino genre is like one, one thing I thought would be interesting would be to look at, for example, how with IDFA deprecation, how pre and post IDFA deprecation, whether payment behavior and the payment profile, whether it's payment bu payer buckets or things of that nature changes because you're no longer potentially able to target super high value whales yeah. in a post IDFA deprecation world. And so wondering if that's actually an application that you guys are thinking about or how useful that would be in social casino. Yeah, no question. I mean, you know, you, you, you bring up a great point with, with IDFA and iOS 14.5. I mean, it's, it's a huge shift in, in the industry. Um, to be honest, you know, we're, we're still, figuring out the long-term effects of it. You know, we, we've done some testing and of course have, have a little bit of idea, but um, it's still pretty early um, in the stages. And so um, we would take a lot of that data um, to make kind of informed decisions on, you know, you, you referenced it a little bit, Joe, on, on um, pre and post and how potential player and payer behaviors uh, have, have um, changed. And so, um, for example, you know, we might see post um, IDFA deprecation, uh, you know, there was a lot um, more spenders, but at a lower level, for example. So our, our, our transaction size has decreased. And, um, and then we can take that, that data uh, to our product teams and say, okay, um, you know, what are some features that we can develop um, that we can spec out to, to target that area, to improve our average transaction size, for example, or improve our sessions per day or, um, or number of transactions uh, per user, things like that. Um, and so I think that data, um, you know, could be super actionable, um, particularly for our product teams um, as they think about their roadmap going forward in this post-IDFA world. Right. Okay, great. And besides like whether it's IDFA deprecation related or not, are there other things that you guys are thinking about with respect to the usage of, of the data in terms of making it more actionable? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I mentioned kind of a little bit about our product teams and looking at that kind of competitive um, analysis. You know, what are some of the top players doing and how does that differ from from what oh, right, we have right. in, in the game? Um, and, you know, um, we, we take that um, and, and, you know, we can set up, you know, dashboards and alerts and things like that, which is which is a great way to um, to kind of keep your finger on the pulse of, of what's happening uh, competitively. But, um, you know, that data um, generally, um, outward looking is, is uh, something that our, our product teams um, uh, take and review where, um, where these new changes in our competitors took hold. Is it a geographic um, uh, boost? Is it a download boost? Is it a revenue boost? Um, right. Is it uh, a platform boost in terms of Google versus I iOS? Um, so all those things um, you know, are really important. And 
uh, and allow us to take that data and literally put it actionable, put it in our roadmap, um, our product roadmap, whether that's next quarter or two quarters down the road to attack some of those um, those spots in our games that that could uh, could use improvement. Okay, great. And so I thought we could now talk a little bit more about like the evolution of social casino. I think one thing that we saw, especially during COVID and over 2020, was the kind of explosion in people wanting to have social experiences in gaming. And so wondering if you could talk about within social casino, where do you see social experiences within this genre going in the future? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it's it's pretty early, I think, in, in a lot of these social experiences for the social casino genre uh, in particular. You know, you see it a little bit more in um, in some mid-core and, and, and some RPG type games. But, um, you know, I think there's tons of potential, you know, particularly when you think about like multiplayer, you know, a lot of people um, go into their favorite brick and mortar casino with a friend or a group of friends and they sit around at, you know, at a bank of slot machines and, and um, you know, play next to their friends and say, hey, how are you doing on this machine? How's that machine going? Um, and I think that would be a really cool, creative way that that social casino companies, um, slots in particular, um, could could use those kind of multiplayer um, uh, aspects and, and social experiences. And then, you know, that evolves even more, you know, when you, know, when you think about like teams or clubs, guilds, those sort of things. Again, something that you see a lot more in kind of the, the mid-core um, type games, um, you know, you saw like Clash of Clans really make this popular and and, and joining, you know, a, a particular clan. Um, you know, you can you can form these in, in social casino as well and, and have some competition uh, there. And we found, you know, the competitive nature of, uh, of really any genre is a very powerful thing for our players. So um, I think there's a ton of room to grow, um, you know, in that implementation of social experiences within the, the social casino category. Got it. And maybe just as a last question, like we're starting to see the integration of meta features in social casino and wondering if you could speak to this trend in particular, whether you think it continues and grows or what do you generally expect to see along those lines? Yeah, uh, another good question. I mean, uh, similar to what I was just mentioning, I think, you know, the social casino um, genre has um, lagged behind a little bit in some of our other um, adjacent genres of promoting Kind of these meta features and you know one you think about is is um, like a progression system a lot of games you're seeing now like a map or um or a way for the for the player to earn kind of a status as as they go and i think you're going to see a lot more of that um going forward you know just if you think about um you know in the in the casino space um uh, in particular you know maybe you go into a casino and and you win at at a slot machine and um, and you get to build a casino and then, um, you, you know, you, you get to own another casino and you kind of think about this almost builder mechanic that's super popular, um, in other games like gardenscapes and homescapes kind of in the more casual space. So, um, I think there's a lot of way, uh, uh, a lot of ways that, um, you know, you really can create those, um, meta features, um, within casino that we haven't seen yet. Um, I know even thinking about, uh, live ops, live operations, that was something that, uh, you know, the social casino industry was pretty new to uh, just three, four, maybe five years ago, but had really taken hold in some other uh, genres. I think that's kind of the precursor um, to more of these um, meta progression and storyline uh, type um, implementations that um, I think will be really successful in the social casino genre. 
All right, Joe Byrne, thank you very much for your time. There we have it. Joe Byrne from SciPlay, thank you very much for your time and insights. Thanks for having me.